Welcome to another great episode of the Midlife Makeover Show live on Instagram. Today, you will meet my dear friend, Dr. Brooke. She is a warrior, an angel, and a badass human being. If you miss seeing her live on the Midlife Makeover Show, you can bask in her awesomeness here. On today's show, you will learn how you can reduce or eliminate alcohol so you can feel good, look good, and live a good life. Oh, yes. Enjoy the show. There you are. Hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I have to tell all of your viewers that you are as bubbly and happy and excited off the air as on the air, in case anyone is wondering. (laughs) You, like, really bring me joy when I hear your voice. Oh, thank you. You know what? I have to tell you this, which we'll talk more about this later, but I was... So the very first picture that you sent to me when you were, you know, on the show, on the podcast, looks so different. Like, you can tell, like, how much more you're glowing and oh, everything before. I mean, you were gorgeous before, but even more gorgeous thank now. You. Well, I always had to make this disclaimer when people would see that red-haired headshot, because yeah. I had previous ones that were brown, and then there was red hair for a while, and then... Recently, yeah, no. new photos with blonde, and I, my hairstylist is like, "Now you have to stay blonde." Yeah. So here we are. I know me too. The only reason I do the blonde is just to cover up the gray that comes in right there. That's a good secret to know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is my wisdom streets. Um, so thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is so awesome. Tell, um, tell us where is everybody from. Put in the chat. I love learning where everyone's at because I get people from all over the world. I think that's so fascinating. Yeah. I'm in New York city. You're in New York city. I'm in city that never sleeps. I'm in Chicago. Well, there we go. We're covering two of the major U S cities. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I usually get a lot of people from Germany, um, Switzerland, Canada, Canada. Where's that? Ciao. Someone said ciao. Well, and I, in my functional sobriety network, we recently yeah. went international. We've got a couple of people from London. We've got people in uh, tel- in um, Israel. Oh. And, you know, I think it's just so amazing the way that, that this online thing really brings people together from all around the world. It's super cool. We got a Long Island. We got an Australia. We got a Bra- uh, Brazilian. It's a joke. It's a joke. I don't know what's a joke. I'm, I'm a joke. <laughs> Orlando, Florida. This is so awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. So we have Dr. Brooke Scheller here with us today. And like I said before, I've had her on the show before, um, but doing Instagram Live is so much better because we can kind of engage with everyone. So you guys feel free, ask questions. If I don't get to it right away, I'll try to scroll back through later and try to get to your questions, but we will open it up for questions later. So, okay, Wisconsin. Uh, tell everyone, uh, Dr. Brooke, a little bit about what you do and why you do what you do. Yeah. So hi, everyone. Welcome. I'm so happy to meet you. So happy to see you again, Wendy, as always. I am a doctor of clinical nutrition. I've got an extensive background in nutrition, but as of last year, June of 2021, I got sober and have now really shifted my focus in what I do using food and nutrition around specifically helping people to change their relationship with alcohol. So not only through my own experience of getting sober and and cutting the alcohol out of my life and changing my lifestyle, I have, um, you know, a long family history of addiction and mental health issues and really found myself in a dark place. And being someone who is a health professional, who knows exactly how alcohol affects your body, um, you know, I felt for a while like I was living a double life because I didn't necessarily feel like I was aligning my choices with the values that I really had and the person who I wanted to be. And what I found through that experience is what many people find is that they started drinking as a younger person. Maybe it was college, maybe it was before, maybe it was, you know, in their 20s. And we slowly find ourselves losing control of how often we're drinking, how frequently we're drinking, uh, maybe how much we're drinking in those sittings or in those sessions. And we really find that it slows us down in our goals. It slows us down Mm -hmm. in kind of moving more towards the person that we want to be. It it 
holds us back from achieving a lot of those goals. And so what I, in a kind of ironic uh, way, I had authored a textbook chapter on using supplements and nutrition for changing the relationship with substances. And at the same, the same month it was published, I got sober. And what was interesting about that experience is, you know, in, in getting sober and changing my lifestyle right away, I was able to use my own techniques and how I was structuring my meals, how I was using supplements, how I was using specific foods to help make it easier on myself to, to finally put on alcohol. And, you know, I started kind of shifting my focus and what I was talking about on social media and my platforms about that and realized that people needed more of this information. And there's a lot of people who are maybe sober curious or they're feeling like they might want to change their relationship with alcohol and are feeling like it's really hard to do that. They have cravings, they get in triggering situations. And so um, it's been really exciting for me to take my expertise in nutrition and really the biochemistry of the body and start to apply that to changing one's relationship with drinking. Yeah, because if you think about it, I mean, with alcohol being a toxic substance in your body, it's like, it's great to remove that toxic substance, substance, but unless you replace it with some good nutrition, then it's going to be even harder on your body. If you're still putting toxic crap into your body, it's going to be even more difficult. And what I find is that having a background in working in clinical practice with a lot of clients that had chronic health concerns, whether that is digestive or autoimmune diseases, um, hormonal imbalances, for example, that they would do all of this, all of the dietary changes, they would take the supplements. And if they were still drinking heavily, it's really, really difficult for us to make progress on some of those health goals. Right. we're still drinking because as you mentioned, it is, it is toxic. It's one thing that I explain to people is it is basically the priority substance when it's in your body. So your body will shut down all of the other systems in order to eliminate alcohol. And so that means you're not producing your hormones. You're not digesting your food regularly. You're not, uh, your immune system isn't fighting off maybe these different Mm -hmm. things that are coming in. So it really is you know, a complex uh, situation, but there are so many ways that just by changing your diet, some simple techniques that you can make uh, those changes and have a little bit more success with them. Yeah. It's just a domino effect in your body, right? Like as as you're putting that in, it's like more and more things are happening. And unfortunately, uh, especially, you know, here in the States, it's like, we we try to bandaid it like, Oh, I've got a cough. So let me do this. And so that's, what's the, the beauty with functional medicine is that you're looking at the body as a whole, like, okay, what is it that has gone wrong here, right? So actually tell everyone a little bit about functional medicine. Yeah, so functional medicine, functional nutrition, you may have heard this before. Mm -hmm. It's really a root cause way of looking at the body. So for example, if you are having um, digestive upset, you're having irregular bowel movements, and you go to your regular doctor, they might say you have IBS, Mm -hmm. right? Give you the maybe band-aid type of diagnosis and maybe they give you a medicine and tell you to you know don't eat certain foods and send you on your way right if someone comes to me and they have ibs um we start to try to figure out why you mm-hmm. know it's not enough for me to hear that your digestive system is off balance we're going to start to look at what is the root cause of why that's happening does mm-hmm. that mean it's an imbalance in your gut microbiome that you might benefit from something like a probiotic Does it mean that maybe there's some bacteria there that we can use supplements or herbs to start to rebalance? Um, And so we really start to look at what are the reasons that we might be having those balances or those diagnoses, not just necessarily using a Band-Aid or topical approach. Mm -hmm. So in a similar way, if someone has high blood pressure, they could take a medication that might lower their blood pressure. But why is the blood pressure high to begin with? And can we start to address that source of inflammation or imbalance there so that they can get off that medication and manage their blood pressure? Yeah. Similar way, what I do with um, what I've coined is called functional sobriety. It's how we take these kind of root causes of why we might drink. Is it an imbalance in our brain that maybe we have uh, a tendency to desire more dopamine, which is that 
uh, brain neurotransmitter that we get from drinking? Right. Is there perhaps something going on in the gut microbiome that is causing us to crave alcohol or crave sweets? And in a similar vein, is there something going on with our hormones or our blood sugar that when we have essentially a low blood sugar scenario, when we get hangry, when we haven't ate in a while, that <laughs> be a point where people actually start to crave alcohol and not just food. And so by addressing some of those real, really the deeper reasons why someone might be drinking, we can start to support them again by changing the way that they're eating. Right, right. So, so it was nice. You were kind of like our little, our little guinea pig through this whole thing. So as you, as you became sober, what are some of the things that you started to apply in your own life? Yeah. So there are some really simple practices, and we definitely talked about these two on the podcast, Wendy. So if anyone mm-hmm. has listened to the podcast, these might sound familiar to you. But one of the very common things that I first tell people to do is, as I mentioned, blood sugar plays a really important role. And so essentially, it is not letting yourself get to that point where you're extremely hungry, where you are, uh, again, getting to that almost hangry place where you're getting irritable, you're getting kind of frustrated because you haven't eaten in a while. And so one thing that I tell people to do is to eat something every three to four hours. Hmm. By doing this, we can avoid those dips in our blood sugar that can, for some of us, manifest as craving for alcohol. Mm -hmm. The other thing that you want to do is to consume protein at all of those meals and snacks, because protein is going to help balance out that blood sugar and avoid us getting into those places where we feel like I have to have a drink. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a long day, you get home from work, it's 5pm. And that's normally the time that you might open the bottle of wine. What I suggest doing first is thinking back in your mind, when was the last time you ate? Mm -hmm. Time was it five or six hours ago? Because if so, that craving for alcohol might just be your body saying I'm hungry. Right. Right. So by pausing, having something to eat, maybe taking your mind off of that craving, you might find that in 10 or 15 minutes, that craving for alcohol has actually passed. Yeah, so something that a lot of my clients use and find to be this almost miraculous, kind of mind blowing thing that wow, actually, normally, when I get home at 5pm, and that that trigger time comes, yeah, I haven't eaten since noon. Right. Like- so it really I, does change a lot of people's perspective on it. Yeah. And I was trying to think back when we did the the podcast. I think you you talked about one of your clients that she changed it. Like she ended up doing like a little cheese platter. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. what, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I always suggest to people that, you know, a snack doesn't have to be a handful of almonds or, you know, people think like, oh, an apple is like a healthy snack. And one thing that I usually suggest is, Make a cheese plate, especially if it's a Friday after work and it's kind of that happy hour time. Um, You know, throw pickles or olives, fruit, those little uh, fig preserves or some other preserves that you like, some nice crackers. And make it something fun. You know, make it something that still feels celebratory, that still feels exciting and isn't this, okay, now I'm going to have a snack, (laughs) don't drink alcohol. Uh, Because for me... And yes, someone just brought up halt. Yes, yeah, I just saw that. I'm glad that you bring that up because I'm writing a book right now and I speak on this topic and I speak about halt, which is actually an AA practice where you never want to get hungry, angry, lonely, or tired because those are the instances where you start to get triggered. Mm -hmm. And the way that I look at halt is actually each of those scenarios are a stressor on your body. So whether you're hungry, whether you're angry, that's a stress response, whether you're lonely, this is again, a neurotransmitter, a stress response or tired stress, right? Right. Anytime you're in this state of stress response, it's going to affect your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as we just mentioned, um, eating protein, eating every three to four hours, that Mm -hmm. is going to help you avoid all of those halt triggers that are actually body stressors or changes in our cortisol, our stress hormone, that again, are going to affect our blood sugar and our cravings. 
Right. That is a great point to bring up. Yeah. And plus, I, I would think too, yeah, with the, the proper nutrition and then the supplements. Well, actually, let's talk about supplements. So how can those help with the cravings and just kind of getting over that hump, if you will? Yeah. So if you go to my website, I do have a free downloadable guide if you're interested in supplements, because that is one question that I get really frequently. Supplements are really, really important to support what the body maybe needs a little bit more of that you can't necessarily do with food. So there are ways that I use supplements, not only to keep the brain healthy, to keep the gut healthy, to keep, um, you know, again, our, our blood sugar more balanced. So we stay away from those cravings, but I actually use a lot of amino acid supplementation, which is really well studied over the last 20, 30 years or so on addiction and substance. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because and my puppy's going to come into the, <laughs> I know my puppy's over here. <laughs> um, they're used to support our brain neurotransmitters. So a lot mm -hmm. of people don't recognize that amino acids, which are the foundation of proteins, mm -hmm. actually serve as the precursors for things like our dopamine, our serotonin, all of our feel-good neurotransmitters or our brain hormones. Mm -hmm. So actually by using amino acid supplementation, we can support production of dopamine, production yeah. of something called GABA. GABA is one of our relaxing neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. It's something that alcohol normally increases activity of. So if we can use a supplement that does almost the same thing, it right. can really take away cravings like this. Yeah. So there's a few amino acid supplements that I use with my clients. Um, one of them is called L-glutamine. Yes. And essentially, yeah. it can take away a craving not only for alcohol, but also sugar and sweets. Basically, mm -hmm. and I have a lot of people, myself included, that swear by this because it really helped me in the beginning in my early first, second, third week of cutting out alcohol. Mm -hmm. Part of it is, you know, just taking yourself out of that situation and giving yourself something that you're feeling like is managing that craving. Mm -hmm. But by something like L-glutamine, it does provide a little bit of that boost for your brain neurotransmitters. So you can actually kind of take the edge off that craving uh, and, and works again, instantaneously. Right. So Amino acids are amazing. Okay. I, what's that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's a lot of really cool things we can do with supplements that people think, ah, multivitamin. No, 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 no. We use mm -hmm. magnesium. We use uh, amino acids. We use B vitamins to do a lot of very specific things in the body. Yeah. Amino acids uh, are amazing. They actually helped me get through depression which I only had, I mean, I took them like for the first few weeks. And then once I, then I was, then I just, you know, maintained, but there's so much more out there than, you know, the prescription type of things to get you through depression and anxiety and, and overcoming addiction. So really there's, there's a lot of overlap there, right? Most mm -hmm. people have some degree of mood imbalance, whether that is depression or anxiety. I had extreme anxiety really towards the end of my, my drinking time. And I would rate my anxiety probably a nine out of 10 mm -hmm. and within two or three weeks, it probably drops to a two or three. Right. And part of that is because, you know, while alcohol initially takes that edge off, mm -hmm. part of what happens when you're metabolizing it is the reverse. It's the opposite, yeah. right? It actually irritates the system in that you're getting this. And I think a lot of people, if you're watching and you've ever been hung over, can relate to that anxiety, call it. Oh gosh. Day, you're really like, like, what yeah. did I do? Who am I? Was like existential crisis. What's going yeah, on? That's when you grab your phone and look at your pictures. Like, what did I do? Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I realize this is like a super polarizing topic. So yes. if you're joining and you're watching and you're like, ah, but I like drinking and I don't want to, I don't want to cut it out. Um, you know, for me and a lot of my clients too, it's really looking at how's alcohol affecting your life. If you're someone who's watching right now and I'm looking at you, I'm watching. <laughs> um, if you're someone who's watching right now and you've kind of gone through that questioning, that tennis match in your head where you're saying, uh, am I drinking too much? Am I, am I starting to feel like maybe it's affecting 
my energy. It's affecting my, you know, my productivity at work and relationships. Relationship is a big mm-hmm. one. Friendships. You know, are you getting into fights with your significant other after drinking? Finances. Yeah. Like, please know that there's another way that alcohol is something that so many people struggle with. You do not have to identify yourself as an addict or an alcoholic to change your relationship with alcohol. This is the 21st century where we are like really diving into this idea of sober curiosity, where it's, it's okay to cut back. It's okay to say, you know what? It actually doesn't do it for me. Right. I'm enjoying my life better without it. Yeah. And from the, you know, all the people that I speak with and work with, most people find that a life in sobriety or with less alcohol really, really serves them and and their goals and their purposes in life so much more. Yes. And we kind of talked about this a little bit before we went live, but I was telling you, I'm like, I'm actually more drunk when I'm sober. Like I am my, I, if y'all think I'm energetic now, like I think when I'm like, yeah, I, I find myself having more energy. I can think clearly. It's, it's amazing. Amazing. And I actually sometimes like with alcohol, it's just kind of like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. 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 So actually let's talk a little bit more about the relationship with alcohol, the emotional piece of it. Yeah. So a lot of us have reasons or triggers that enable us to drink. So I like to think of it in a couple of different ways. So there are a lot of people who drink because of social situations. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't really drink at home. They don't drink alone. They don't never really buy alcohol or keep alcohol in the house. But when they go out with friends, and sometimes it's certain friends, right? they drink. And they drink to excess. And mm-hmm. so part of that is it's not only socialization and it's, you know, going out and being in situations where people are drinking and maybe feeling like you need to be a part of that. But I've had some really interesting conversations, and I talk about this a little bit in my my book that's coming out, is kind of how our brain starts to learn mm-hmm. to use alcohol in certain situations. Mm-hmm. So for example, I have one friend who recently told me that she, she stopped drinking entirely, that she didn't really drink often, but she found herself that when she would go out with friends, once she started drinking, like she was off to the races. Right. Mm -hmm. Almost like these social situations that she had been engaging in for long periods of time since since like high school, really, that it was like very difficult for her to say no. And then she would wake up the next day and feel miserable. Like, she Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, why did I do that again? What happened? And it was that social trigger that really started it. And if you're someone who's listening and you feel like you identify with that, that that social situation is really your biggest trigger. Finding not only ways to engage with friends that don't include alcohol. So for some who are are in my program who are quitting or cutting back, they say like being around certain friends is really triggering. Mm-hmm. Well, you normally have dinner and a bottle of wine with those friends. Can you actually say, hey, let's go for a walk. Let's take a right. hike. Let's go to an exercise class. Why don't we get coffee instead of dinner? Right. Mm-hmm. Changing that social setting can really, really empowering in that situation. I also think that there are so many people who think that the other person expects them to drink, that yes. the other person is also on the other end saying, oh, I know when I go out with such and such, it'll be a wild night. Yeah. yeah. And oftentimes, if you bring it up to them, they go, oh, thank God, I, I didn't, you know, I'm trying to cut back on my drinking too. So I think we get so in our heads about it and, and about satisfying the people we're around or taking part in this this lifestyle mm-hmm. that we forget that we have a choice in the matter and that, you know, this particular friend that I mentioned, one of the things that she would do is she would book an early workout class the next day. Mm-hmm. So she would say, oh, I'm not drinking because I have a 7 a.m. spin class, right? And while it might be challenging to say no in that initial situation, when you wake up and finish the spin class, you're like, oh, I'm so relieved, right? I'm relieved right. that I had changed that situation. I think, too, you find out that those relationships change. You'll find out what really the relationship is all about. Like, is it all about just going out and drinking? Or, like, if you took that away, what would the relationship be? What would you talk about? What would you do? 
percent. And a lot of us, especially, you know, for those of us who maybe have or had more extreme drinking lifestyles, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt like towards the end of mine. And and what happens is a lot of times it progresses, right? What starts out as drinking in social situations is, oh, well, I have a bottle of wine at home. It's 5 p.m. Let me take the edge off. And before you know it, that's happening more and more frequently. Alcohol is addictive to anyone who uses it. So if you put it into your body, your brain enough times, your body starts to recognize that and starts using that as a survival mechanism. And so it, it really does start to progress from that social situation for a lot of people into this. Now I'm using it to relieve stress, right? Mm -hmm. Another big trigger. And I see someone coming in and saying, that's my problem. Yeah. Um, Stress is a really big trigger for for all of us. And I think mm-hmm. that the pandemic, that two-year time frame, didn't fare well for a lot of us, especially those of us who maybe were drinking fairly frequently before, that now we're home, especially in the early pandemic, right? We were home. We were working from home. Mm-hmm. That glass of wine maybe started sneaking up to three or two. <laughs> And and maybe that was even a few times a week. But again, does that mean you drank two bottles of wine on a Tuesday night, right? Mm -hmm. And the pandemic, and and that was like me, for example, just Mm -hmm. for anyone who's listening and feeling like they're afraid of, you know, maybe admitting that that is something they partook in. Um, When you get to the other side of this, it's really eye-opening when you look back and, and one thing that we spoke about, Wendy, before we jumped on is not feeling shameful about this. Yes, I was just going to say that. It's like, There's so many people no. who are doing the same thing and we're all kind of hiding it, right? We're afraid yeah. to talk about it. We're afraid to open up and say, hey, like, I think I'm kind of struggling. I think, yeah. I, like, I, think I do need some support mm-hmm. on making some changes to my behaviors. Right. And yeah, I think, well, when I got certified in positive psychology, one of the greatest things I learned is that we are all human beings being human. We're a human being. Like, it's totally okay. This stuff is going to happen. And it's okay. And we don't, you know, I'm not against AA in any way whatsoever. I think it's great for if it works for some people. But one of the things I, I personally do not like about it is that you're having to, like, label yourself. Like you talked about that before. I'm an addict. No, you're just a human being. Like you're struggling with a little bit. It's totally okay. So it doesn't have to be such a big deal. And and in my opinion, it's a personal thing, right? So what what I love, like with what you're doing, it's, I mean, you provide one-on-one coaching, right? So it's I do, you I do and your through. client working through it. You don't have to like be involved with hundreds of people going through it. It's it's a personal thing. And I think too, um, it's like with it's not just the alcohol, it's not just there's something way deep underneath all that, and that's what you have to try to get to. And then once you get to that, it's like, oh, it makes yeah. it so much easier to just either reduce it or get rid of it completely. Yeah, and I think that I'm glad you brought up AA because I think the challenges in the world today is that AA seems very extreme for a lot of people. Right. It seems like you have to hit a really difficult situation, a rock bottom, and most people aren't going to maybe walk into an AA room until they're really far down the line, right? Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of AA. I think it is amazing. I think it has Mm -hmm. practices. And is really, really important and has has been a really, really important thing for our society to develop. But it was developed almost 100 years ago before the Internet, before (laughs) before technology. And, you know, back in the days of that being more shameful, there was this need for anonymity. It wasn't a protected right if you had addiction. Whereas now, if you have an addiction, you can't get fired for that from your job. That that is Mm -hmm. protected medical situation back in the 30s it was not right so you had to hide from that you had to they had no way to deal with it they were basically putting you into a psych ward and saying like we don't know what to do with this person yeah nowadays and i heard someone once say that if aa was started now it would never it wouldn't be anonymous because Mm -hmm. how much identification comes from hearing that others are, are feeling the same way as you 
Right. right. So it's very, it's a very, very lonely place when you're drinking a lot. And especially if you're isolating yourself and you feel like you're alone and that you're the only person that is feeling this way. And when we talk about it more openly and we go, oh, shoot, here's someone who, you know, for me, I'm a doctor of nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. And I to the point where I was drinking every day. I knew better. I knew that I shouldn't have been doing that. And yet I couldn't stop. Right. right. And so it's okay to say, Hey, I'm feeling like, you know, maybe I'm in over my head with this. Maybe mm -hmm. I do need to cut back. Maybe I do need to just talk to someone about what that might look like and how I might be able to get there. And in your, based on your comment, Wendy, I do one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one clients, but I also have an online community yeah. It's called the Functional Sobriety Network. And that is something that my clients find really, really helpful. Yeah. Because yeah. we do need that community. We do mm -hmm. need to make there are other people who feel like us. We also need to make friends who aren't our drinking friends. Friends yeah. who are like-minded, who we can identify with, who are in the same mindset of how do we have fun without alcohol? How do we start mm -hmm. to learn more about what that looks like? And so I think both really have a place. Mm -hmm. Some people need a little bit more one-on-one -on -one support, especially if they have health concerns and things yeah. they're trying to work on as well. So that's what I really see with a lot of my Yeah. Friends. So you've got the Functional Sobriety Network. Yep. You've got that. And that's on your website, right? Yes. So you can go to my website, brookscheller.com. I'm sure Wendy will share that in some of the notes. Yes. But you can also click the link in my bio on Instagram. So you'll find uh, that takes you right to my site. You'll see some Instagram links. You will see the Functional Sobriety Network on there. But also, Wendy, as you know, I told you on September 6th, I'm launching a new online course. And yes. it's called the Functional Sobriety Academy. And this also gives you access to the network for free. Lifetime access for nice. free. Really great um, combo. And the Functional Sobriety Academy is really a 30-day program. Well, it's a, a four-module program that is self-guided. So it can mm -hmm. take 30 days. You could do it sooner uh, if you wanted to. But it walks you through my functional sobriety approach where you are really learning more about how to use food, nutrition, and lifestyle tactics in order to change your relationship with alcohol. And that can be wherever you are starting today. If you feel like you drink a few times a week and you want to cut back, or maybe you aren't really sure what you want yet. You just know that maybe you want to change your relationship with alcohol, or you might be someone like me who was drinking, you know, most days or every day and saying, I really need help with this. So right. it's meant to help walk you through that personalized approach using my technique. And then again, being part of that online network, so you can, you know, make friends in the group, you can chat with me, you can join our live weekly meetings. And it's really a, a special place that if you are interested in, again, finding another way without alcohol or with less alcohol, that um, you can really start to, to make some progress there. And what about the book? What, what, what's the name of the book? So the book is, um, the book will be coming out towards the end of 2023. So we've got a little bit of time. It's about Three quarters written right now. So that's been fun and exciting process. The book is right now uh, titled to be called How to Eat to Change How You Drink. Mm. And essentially, it's uh, sim similar to what we're doing in the network and the academy. And we'll also provide you with lots of recipes and more on my story and really the deeper kind of underpinnings of functional sobriety and how your gut is involved and how your brain is involved. Um, so it's really exciting. It's been um, really, really great to write. And again, just to be a part of this, this journey and be able to help other people with my knowledge and my expertise and something that I feel really passionately about. Yeah, I love it. I love what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, you're an angel for sure. Yeah. No, and it's been, you know, there's a lot of people because I know you're the midlife makeover show, right? There's a lot of, mm -hmm. most of my yeah. clients are either, um, fall into that midlife time frame where maybe the kids are grown, they're off to college, you're drinking more, um, you're finding yourself drinking with friends more, and also maybe around the menopause period or postmenopausal where there's a lot yeah. of, this, um, you know, mindset and uh, low mood potentially that's happening as part of that. But then I also have a lot of people too that are are just interested in it for the health benefits they you know, they've tried working on their gut. They've tried 
different things to to change their lifestyle and alcohol seems to be that one thing that I that they have a tough time with. Yes. Congrats yes. to whoever just said they have seven and a half years sober. In nice. Day. I love it. That's Actually, I was my glasses on. <laughs> I see there's actually a couple people that want to join us. I don't know if they, so Marvin Yetter um, and Tommy Thomas, you guys still want to join us? So brave. Let's see. Let me see if there's uh, any questions. Do you guys have any questions? Um, oh, someone said we are both gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, let's see here. Um, if anyone has questions about alcohol, changing their relationship with alcohol. I see um, one. Um, I was sold on amino acids for my workout regimen. I was glad to hear you say all the other benefits it has. Which amino acid brand do you recommend? Thanks. From Michael. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. So great question. Um, so a lot of people use amino acids for workouts. They use branch chain amino acids, certain ones that are more specifically designed towards muscle growth and muscle development. Mm -hmm. My biggest thing with supplements is you always want to look for a higher quality brand. So as you all know, you could get supplements at Walgreens, you could get supplements, you know, Walmart, you could get them nowadays. I am a big proponent of getting them through professionals. So I actually have, if you do click the link in my bio, there is a link to my dispensary where you can start to look at professional grade supplements that are some brands like Thorn, um, Pure Encapsulation. Yeah, that one's my favorite. Pure Encapsulations is really good. Yeah, other brands um, that are on the shelf, like a kind of a quick, like a store-bought brand or some of the lower cost, you're paying mm -hmm. for what you get. So a lot of times they have fillers, they have other things in them that aren't necessarily part of the supplement itself. So they might have some different you know, like um, sugars and things in them. The biggest thing about it, though, is that the supplement industry isn't regulated. So mm -hmm. the government is not going through and saying, okay, if you say there's 100 milligrams of something in this supplement, we're going to check it for you and make sure that's true. So mm -hmm. with the lower quality supplements, one of the challenges is they might say there's 500 milligrams of glutamine, but there might only be 100. Right. So I'm a fan of the professional brands because they are they do have some of the higher certifications that are saying that this is tested. This does have that amount. Mm -hmm. so, well, I would suggest if you click the link in my Instagram bio, there's a link to my dispensary and I would type in amino acid supplements there and you'll get any of the professional brands there. You also get 10 percent off discount. Through there. Oh, oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm going to go there. So yeah, I actually, I used to own a medical practice. I think I told you that. And so yeah. I was so lucky because I could get like pure encapsulations and I don't can't even think of all those other brands, yeah. but it makes a huge difference. And sometimes I, I have, I have found, especially when they're really good supplements, I noticed the difference within a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's, yeah, it, that can make such a huge difference for you in doing that. And there are some ones like omega-3s, for example. A lot of people take omega-3s because of the cardiovascular benefit, brain benefit. It's also very anti-inflammatory. Omega-3s mm -hmm. are one of the most notorious supplements that they actually, because it's an oil, mm -hmm. they'll actually fill it with like yucky oil, like vegetable oils and stuff. Mm. So yeah, so you're not really getting, uh, I'm a big, big proponent of suggesting professional grade supplements anytime you're taking a supplement. Perfect. Um, um, okay. So as far as, do you have like a VIP list? Do you think like I that think, for the new course? Yes. So okay. if you click, if you head to my website, brookscheller.com mm -hmm. or click the link in my bio, there's going to be a link. If you go to the site, it'll pop up right there for you to join the VIP list for my functional sobriety Academy, which is launching on September 6th. Again, it's a self-guided course. So if you want to join, there's no, you know, fixed date that you have to start. You essentially would sign up and then you can start right away. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so if you sign up for the VIP list, you'll get really early access and all of the awesome promotions that are part of the launch. There's a nice big discount on that. So if you want to join in that first launch, we hope to see you there. Yeah. Um, Marshall Man, 122, advice or thoughts on binge drinking? Can go months and then boom. All right, so this is what a lot of people do. Feel mm -hmm. like they don't have an issue with drinking because they 
drink every day. They don't even drink on a regular basis. And then as soon as they start, they're off to the races, right? Yeah. And it's hard to put it down. And sometimes that turns into a whole weekend like that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've spoken with people. Do you, do you mind typing that in, Wendy? Yep, I've got it. Okay. So there is, um, there's a couple of reasons why that happens. And some of that is part of how we interact with others in social settings. Some of that is, again, related to certain people that we're around. And so those can be triggering times that maybe you notice it's always those same friends that mm-hmm. you tend to do that with. And my suggestion on that is always, you know, start to identify like what's what's happening. Why does that happen? Is there a reason why you feel like around certain people that you drink? Is it that you know once you start you can't stop because that can be a blood sugar imbalance. That can yeah. mean for me that there's something going on with the brain neurotransmitters with dopamine, and so a lot of that can help to su- be supported by the way that you eat the supplements mm-hmm. that you. But also identifying, again, what is that trigger? What is that situation that you're finding, uh, you know, you can't say no to? And then, again, you're off to the races. So I would suggest checking out, again, not, yeah, different places, people, or things will help. Yeah. Sure. For sure. And maybe, again, as I mentioned earlier, if you were listening, if you normally go to dinner with those friends or go out to mm-hmm. drink with friends, maybe try going, you know, playing tennis with them or going for coffee instead or doing something that gets you out of that normal environment where alcohol's around. Well, and plus I think too, it's also a sign it's time to change things up. I mean, you guys, if you follow me long enough, you guys will know, like I'm all about getting out there and enjoying life and changing things up. Even like for me, like I, I can't stand getting comfortable. I'm like, no, we got to do something, you know? So, I mean, maybe it's a sign like to start changing things up in your life. Yeah. You know, otherwise you just stay doing the same thing every single day. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So, and I yeah. think for, for someone like that person who mentioned they can go for months and then boom, if you do want to change your relationship with alcohol, it's, it's easier for someone who doesn't drink as often than someone who drinks more frequently to do so. Because if you avoid those less frequent trigger times, Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier than having to face that kind of more frequently. So I would say if you are that person and you want to make that change to, you know, again, maybe it's once a month or it's every couple of months that you find that that trigger happens, but it still makes you feel really yucky. It still makes you feel like ugh, it kind of throws you off. If you can get through that one day, that one trigger time, I mean, my trick is bring LaCroix everywhere I go. You know, nothing changes if nothing changes. So that's a you know great quote that someone had put in there that, you know, if we make these small changes in those situations, it can really have a big impact on how we feel for the long term. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's again, it's just, it's comes down to lifestyle and what it is, you know, that you want. And sometimes when you remove that or reduce that in your life, it opens up so much more. Yeah. Well, I mean, internally and within your external role and things that you can do, it's fascinating. Let's see what we got here. What did they say? I think <laughs> it's from someone who woke up and said, I'm glad I got here last night. I know that's true. <laughs> no, you're right. In fact, they're night. always like, I'm never drinking again. Why did I do that? Who did I sleep with? Who what did... happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. What, what did I drink? Who did I fight with? Oh, yeah. You know, and that reminds me, there's an interesting thing I found a study when I was working on a portion of the book that showed that when we're drunk, we actually have a more difficult time perceiving emotions from other people. Mm -hmm. So it's part of the reason why we might get into fights more regularly if we're drinking, because we might perceive anger from someone that isn't showing us anger. But because Mm -hmm. we're drunk, we're not actually perceiving the right emotion. Yeah. Carry a cup of... uh, Soda. Oh, soda. I was like, carry a sofa. That'd be difficult. (laughs) Then others will sell them, offer you a drink. Yeah, that's true. And you know what, too? I feel like there's a need to explain. Like, sometimes you're like, okay, why isn't isn't she? I just don't want anything. Like, you don't have to feel like you have to explain, oh, I have a spinning class, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do, like, just don't, I don't, I don't want it. Like, (laughs) it's like, it would be the same thing as like, okay, there's a lot of pork chop. I don't want to have. 
And there's a lot Go of ahead. content coming out now that don't ask people why don't ask people. Yes. It's not, not really yeah. business. Right. And yeah. it makes people feel uncomfortable. It makes them feel like they have to defend themselves. And mm-hmm. you might be some, you might be saying that to someone who is like holding on with the grips of their fingertips to say no to a drink. Right. And that right. whole question can set them over the edge. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's why I find sometimes that just having something in your hand, like this person mentioned about soda, mm-hmm. think, oh, they must be having a drink, right? Right, uh, right. Exactly. Even put a lime on it and let, let them think you're just drinking vodka straight or something. <laughs> like, right. Well, so actually, I want to go back to something you had said. So I just thought it was kind of interesting how there's some people, like, we'll have the light bulb that goes off that's like, Ooh, I'm starting to get a little too schnockered here. Maybe I'll have some water now or whatever. I won't have that next drink. And then there's some people like, you know, where they just keep going and going and going. The light bulb never really goes off. So is it because of like what you were saying that there's the sugar imbalance or something within their body or within their brain that it's not, they just keep craving it and craving it and they keep going and going? Or is it more of an emotional thing or is it both? So it's, it's multifaceted. So yes, in some ways it can be triggered by that sugar situation where you have one and then you, you almost get this kind of roller coaster of blood sugar that causes that craving to be set off. Some of that also has to do with neurotransmitters and how Mm -hmm. the brain is actually um, like allowing you to, or, or wanting more and more and more. So it's setting off a little bit of that, like dopamine setting that's happening, Mm -hmm. crave more. There's some interesting research on dopamine and how essentially alcohol, even the perception, the mm-hmm. um, the anticipation of alcohol actually raises our dopamine. Mm-hmm. So even think about having a drink. So let's say you are with friends or you're about to meet friends for brunch and you know, you're at, I don't know, you're at the park before you're going to go to brunch and you, you start thinking about it. You almost start salivating about the <laughs> it does causes a dopamine surge right that makes you want it more right after that initial dopamine surge dopamine actually drops below the baseline level so it makes Mm -hmm. your craving even more intense Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. the body is very fascinating the brain Mm -hmm. is fascinating the way that the biochemistry of all of this works is is part of the reason that I do what I do because yes, there are reasons that we drink that go back to traumas and pain and emotional uh, things that happen to us maybe in our upbringing. But the other half of it is this biochemistry that happens that can start to change through foods and supplements. Yeah, so exactly like chocolate or barbecue. Yeah. (laughs) 2004 is really- Especially chocolate, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So- Chocolate will also increase your dopamine. Foods that you yeah. like will also increase your dopamine. Alcohol is just boosts your dopamine much, much, much more than those things. So you right. get that intense craving for it. Same yeah. thing with drugs. It's a very yeah. similar situation with cocaine and all of the other drugs that we use and how they influence our dopamine. Yeah. yeah. You guys have been awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Any Anything else you want to add, Dr. Brooke? Gosh, I would just say that if any of this interests you, definitely follow me on Instagram. Um, I post a lot of tips and tricks and we'll be sharing more about the course launch that's coming up and the online community. So, you know, I always say to people, if you're at all kind of, this lights your fire a little bit, this makes you a little bit curious. um, It doesn't hurt to just follow those breadcrumbs and start to explore what it might look like to to change your relationship with alcohol. And I know, trust me, it can be super overwhelming to think about how you would go to a wedding, how you would go to a birthday, yeah. how you would go to a bar again. And all I would say about that is take the first step, follow me, start getting curious about it, and yeah. you never know where that path will lead you. Yeah, and I'll definitely post this on my page. And you guys share it with anyone that you think might need it. I, I think I have told you guys before, and I had a previous, I think last week's episode or whatever was about addiction as well. Yep. And I'll try to say this without crying, but I've lost people. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm going to cry. I've lost people in my life due to addiction. Mm-hmm. So I can't even begin to tell you like how important it is like to take it 
seriously, whether it's like your own life or if it's somebody else's life. Um, because as you know, it's like addiction. Yeah, it is definitely a domino effect that can destroy so many lives. So it's important. Um, but that yeah. kept together. It's, it's people who, yeah. who need it and, and have that addiction and identify with it. But also the most important thing is everyone who's on their way there. You know, yeah. people who are not there yet, who are not as far gone that maybe you don't need rehab. You don't need something like AA, yeah. but if you're waking up and feeling hungover and hating yourself yeah. more often than not. Let's make that change. Let's get you to be the person you want to be, to yeah. achieve the goals that you want to achieve and to feel good because that's what it's about. Like have all that energy that Wendy has every morning. <laughs> I love it. I got too much. <laughs> we'll share it with the world. I love that you're sharing with the world. Thank you, Dr. Brooke. And thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy the rest of your, what day is it? It's Tuesday. Tuesday. And thank you for having me, Wendy. I look forward to seeing you again on here soon. Thanks, honey. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Brooke, for being on the show again. You are awesome. Become a VIP today with Dr. Brooke and get access to her new online course, Functional Sobriety Academy, launching on September 6th. Learn how to use nutrition and supplements to kick alcohol in 30 days. Become a VIP now and join Dr. Brooke in her mission to bring nutrition into the spotlight and an alcohol-free lifestyle. Click the link in her Instagram bio at Dr. Brooke Scheller to get on the list or go to brookscheller.com. And join us for the next Instagram live show. The cool thing about IG Lives is that you can meet new guests live on the show. You can ask questions and you can even come up on the stage to be a guest on the show. How cool is that? Okay, so how do you watch these live videos on Instagram? It's really simple. Two steps. Number one, follow me on Instagram by searching for Wendy Valentine or the Midlife Makeover Show. Number two, go to my profile and you will see all the upcoming Instagram live shows. Click on the ones you want to join and you will receive a reminder when we go live. In my opinion, just get a reminder on all of them because I think you will learn something new from every guest. Thank you so much, everyone. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.